This episode of Stuck in the 80s is sponsored by FoundItemClothing.com. They are the ultimate online store for t-shirts worn in our favorite 80s movies. Yeah, like Real Genius, Revenge of the Nerds, Teen Wolf, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. You name it, they have it. Plus, you can buy other shirts that honor the movies we love, including They Live, Ferris Bueller, and so many more. And FoundItemClothing.com is graciously donating shirts for Stuck in the 80s to give away to the trivia contest winners on the 80s cruise. Serious? Yeah, just go to FoundItemClothing.com to check it out. Shipping is free on orders of $50 or more, and sign up for the mailing list for a chance to win free t-shirts every month. Tell them Stuck in the 80s sent you. Now, on with the show. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the music. Everybody have fun tonight. Everybody Wang Chung tonight. The movies. Yes! 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 Oh, oh, I'll have what she's having. And the parties. No one in my family ever drinks. That's great. You probably never run out of ice your whole life. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Brad in L.A. And we just have to apologize. It feels like we've been dragging our feet on recording the first show of 2017. Snap out of it! Planning the first show of any year is always tricky, especially for Spears and I. We're so decisive (laughs) in these things. So this year, we figured we'd start out with a show telling you about all the big 80s anniversaries that are going to come up over the course of 2017. Yeah, so 30 years ago, 1987... Um, it's going to be, it was an interesting year as we'll, we'll go into some of the highlights of the, uh, movies, uh, music and TV happenings. Um, what was going on in your life back in 87, Brad? Uh, so 87, I was, is that the second half of my sophomore year in college? I guess so. Yeah. So that was the school year I moved into the dorms. The, my freshman year I lived at home. So my sophomore year was the year I kind of basically that's the year I made all of my college friends, you know, because those are the people that I met in the dorms. And so that was a good year for me, uh, 86, 87. I, you know, I was just doing my school thing, taking a lot of physics and math classes. I was still working at various movie theaters and just kind of doing my thing. Yeah. How about I, you? Yeah, I'm thinking back. 87, right, would have been the second half of the sophomore year. That was when I met... Oh my god! I had so much like if if long time stuck in the eighties fans will will remember some of the stories from eighty seven. Yeah, because eighty seven was the nummy nummy girl um, that I went to see Genesis with, and then she dumped me for uh, a big brother at her. She was a little sister at a fraternity. At a fraternity. Yeah. Yeah. So that was nummy nummy girl. So that happened, but then right after her. I started dating one of her sorority sisters, and that's what that, does. Yeah, and that would become the infamous lasagna girl. Oh my goodness! Um, so many stories. When do the rum? The pink- when are the backs of rum? Uh, when was the backs of rum? That was freshman year. That would have been eighty-five. But uh, okay. uh, lasagna girl is also AKA pink lingerie girl. Nice. For those completists out there who must know everything. <laughs> we're like filling out the bingo card. All we need now is a Natalie Diffenbaugh reference, and we're golden. Drink, drink, drink to 
I, it's it's weird. I mean, that was um, God. I probably the. I mean, I, I think I was living in the, my fraternity house that year. Okay, sure. And uh, for at least part of it, then I moved into an apartment, and it was. I remember just having the time of my life, man. That was probably. Yeah. You're kind of hitting your stride there. You know, yeah. you're not a kid anymore. You, you've kind of figured out how to do the college thing. You made it through freshman year, so you kind of know how things work at school. And you're, you know, you don't really have real adult responsibilities if you're in college. You know, <laughs> I, I didn't take a summer break that year. I went, uh, I went to summer school at Florida. Um, yeah, which was amazing. I loved summer semester, and because yeah. um, there'd be nobody there. You you would knock a class has only lasted six weeks, so you went every yeah. day for an hour and a half. But you were done yeah. in six weeks, boom. Yeah, and um, yeah, that was. I think I played tennis like every day, so I had to, like I was really in good shape. I had a nice tan. I had a girlfriend. I used to write her like we used to write each other every day. You know, like old school style. You know, like letter, drop it in the mail in the mail yeah, yeah. with a stamp. <laughs> so uh, God, yeah, I mean. I don't mean to wax too poetically about it, but that, you know, that's good times. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't say that I got any of those qualities going for me today at all. I don't even use stamps anymore. Oh, but, but as, but as cool as that was, as cool as, as I remember 87 to be, um, the movies of that year, not quite so iconic, at least in my mind. Can you, by any chance, guess what the top box office movie was in 1987? Uh, let's see, 1987. I would say, hmm, you're not going to guess seven. There's no Star Wars gonna... movies. There's no Indiana no. Jones movies. No. Ah, uh, Lethal Weapon. That's that was a summer. We just mm. talked about this. <laughs> Three Men and a Baby. From Touchstone Pictures, audiences and critics agree. Three Men and a Baby is a hit. It was a fantastic movie. I loved it. Good Morning America calls it a real holiday bundle of joy. Honestly, it is one funny movie. It's big, colorful, enjoyable entertainment breaks the LA Times. You have to see this movie. It's, it's a funny. funny picture. Roger Ebert says, I don't know when I've laughed harder. And Siskel and Ebert give two thumbs up for Three Men and a Baby. They can babysit me anytime. Rated PG. Now playing at a theater near you. Check newspaper for showtime. Oh, you got to be kidding me. No, no. Huh. Well, populist fair. Yeah. Bizarre. Never um, seen it. You've never seen it? I've you never seen it. You don't need to. <laughs> you That's really kind of what I figured. That's kind of what I figured. I mean, this is an era when I was working at the movie theater. So if I wanted to see a movie, I probably saw it in like 10 minute intervals and chunks. Yeah. And I just had no interest. I'd looked at that. and I'm like, what? Really? No. <laughs> pass. I, I Hard pass. I've seen it probably a dozen times and I don't know why. I, I don't think I could quote a single line from it. Um, uh, probably some diaper joke in there. <laughs> there's a lot of diaper jokes in that. Yeah, uh, yeah. There were some cool movies in in '87, uh, and some of these we will turn into separate podcasts later this year. Uh, here's it. F- I'll go down a list. Okay. Okay. You, you tell me which ones you think are worthy of being their own podcast. Okay. Oh, uh, oh gosh, we almost never do a movie on a podcast anymore. So. Or, or maybe included as part of a, yeah. uh, a podcast. I don't know. Okay, ready? I mean, these are in order of uh, release that year. Oh, okay, like calendar okay. order. Okay. 
Yeah, so mannequin. Jonathan Switcher. Wrong sex. Loves to talk to his work. You know, you're the first thing I've created that made me feel like an artist. Don't you like a new scarf? He never expected. Not especially. To hear it talk back. Really uh, absolutely. That's that's such a great movie. <laughs> actually, in in full disclosure, I actually do like this movie, but it is just a what is it? Ninety minutes. It's a ninety minute cartoon. Right. It's a cartoon, know. but it's a fun cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Hollywood. Our bond um, is the wind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Some kind of wonderful. Do you miss me, Keith? Do you miss not being around me? This isn't the third grade anymore. She doesn't love you. It's a joke. It's all a joke. How do you know? I'd bet my hands on it. <clears throat> some kind of wonderful. Hmm, I. That's not one of my favorites. There's some good moments in it, but I don't think it deserves its own show. I think actually, I think we already did a, a, our own show on this one like years ago. Okay. So we don't have to do that it, again. It's just it's just pretty in pink with the gender roles reversed. Yes, with a better ending. Yeah. Uh, that's the only John Hughes movie from the year. Actually, that's not true. There's another John Hughes movie on the list. Uh, Lethal Weapon. Kind of talked 30. about it. We could yeah. talk some more about it, but why? I don't Raising know. Arizona turns 30. You're not just telling us what we want to hear. No, sir. No way. Because we just want to hear the truth. Well... Then I guess I am telling you what you want to hear. Boy, didn't we just tell you not to do that? Yes, sir. Okay, then. I don't think you like that movie. I don't. I don't know why. Yeah. You know what? I can't stand. I, I was just watching um, Moonstruck earlier today. Okay. And, and okay. I can't stand Nick Cage and Moonstruck either. And then I, uh, I, finally, I finally have brought it all around. I figured what it is. He can't do accents. He can't. And every time he tries to do one, I just cringe. So maybe Valley Girl is the closest you're ever going to get to liking Nick Cage. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Or when he's just the silent uh, burger chef in uh, Fast Times. Oh, yeah. Because he's, <laughs> no just, yeah, cause he's just, <laughs> yeah, just, just a good spatula work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, next one. Uh, on April 10th, the movie Secret of My Success turns 30. I love that movie. I know. I love that movie. It's irrational. Well, look at it this way, pal. For a few weeks, you sat up here in the lofty atmosphere of the big cheeses. What, you had a nice view of Manhattan and a clean lunchroom to eat in? Well, you did more in two months than most people do in a lifetime. Yeah, I'm going to miss it. Job? Run the girl. I don't know. It's guilty pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah it um, is. It is. Yeah. Okay, on June 2nd. The Untouchables turns 30. In all seriousness, that probably deserves some more attention. Yeah. You know, I don't, do you, you, you don't like period pieces, so how do you feel about that one? I, I still love that movie, though. It's so good. It's so good. They put one of your, they put one of yours in the hospital. You put one of theirs in the morgue. Yeah. That's the Chicago way. Now, that is a movie I quote all the time. Well, it's well, yeah, it's very quotable. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're not from Chicago, you know. I cry every time the elevator scene where it says touchable. Oh, touchable, I know. It's so bad. That's what makes Beersy cry. Um, mm. Here's some other movies that turn 30. Spaceballs. Okay. What, have we never talked about Spaceballs? I don't think so. I think it's worth worth its own show. People love this movie. I, not, oh, I, mean, I don't love Spaceballs, but I, I, I get why people love it. Yeah. Inner Space turns 30 this year. 
there's a movie that fell off the radar completely. I remember really enjoying that, but I haven't seen it in probably since the eighties. Yeah. Well, they, they never showed Martin on TV. Short, right? Yeah, yeah. Martin, Martin Short, Short Dennis so Quaid, Meg Ryan. It's a good movie. Uh, the Lost Boys. We already did a show on The Lost Boys. Good movie. Good movie. Yeah. Moonstruck. Um, we've done. We have not done a Moonstruck show. Maybe maybe we talked about it once during a Valentine's show. Yeah. It seems like we would have done that. Here's one that we've conspicuously missed. Uh, Can't Buy Me Love. Where are you off to? I'm going to a party. John Richmond's with Cindy Mancini. Cindy Mancini? <laughs> Senior. Captain of the cheerleaders? Yes. Most beautiful girl in the history of this county? Mm-hmm, that's her. Well, I'm late. I got a bolt. Bolt? Something stinks in suburbia. I just watched Can't Buy Me Love last night. Did uh, you? I we? did. I actually I have a I have a copy on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> I think I bought it when um, the actress who plays um, yeah when she died, and uh, Peterson Amanda Peterson yeah. uh, when she dies yeah. died. Cindy Mancini is the character Amanda Peterson is the actress. It's a great name. That's uh, a great. You know what? I really like it. I think it's in some ways it's absolutely ridiculous and in other ways it's very it has some has its finger on the pulse of high school i love the and it's uh, short it's 90 minutes is it 90 minutes just that yeah it's really short <laughs> i mean that's kind of what the movie that uh get, that gave us patrick dempsey so yeah uh dirty dancing uh, you've never seen this right yeah. you've never seen never dirty seen dancing. it no interest god you know would be go a, ahead a, put baby in the corner <laughs> You know what would be interesting, though, is if we did a show on Dirty Dancing, and we, you would have to obviously watch the movie. I'd be curious to see what you think of it. You know, yeah, I've kind of built later. it up as this total chick flick that I just have zero interest in. It is. Uh, so, you know, maybe Speaking I need of- to broaden my horizons a little bit. <laughs> oh, here's what we could do. I got it. I'm looking at the next movie in the list. What if we did Ultimate Chick Flick, Dirty Dancing versus The Princess Bride? Ah. Uh- What have I done? The Princess Bride is a chick flick? No. You don't think? No. Come on. They're sword fighting. Yeah, There's a, I guess. a battle of wits to the death. Well, yeah. There are many inconceivable happenings. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. It's a love story. I don't know. It is kind of a love story. Okay. Oh. But, but, but everyone likes that movie. It's got something for everybody. I, I guess so. I guess so. Um, Hiding Out with John Cryer, which I think is his breakthrough movie. Oh, gosh. I've uh, forgotten all about that. Pink, but uh, oh, I mean, Pretty yeah. Pink is his breakthrough movie, but Hiding Out, I think, was one of the first chances he had to really kind of... Is that? Does he go back to high school? Is that your basic... Yep. Maxwell Hauser. What? That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, if you want to hide, go hide someplace. <laughs> school. <laughs> yeah, Although I guess, you know, that doesn't make much of a movie. Oh, he's in a studio apartment in Encino. <laughs> uh, the Running Man turned 30 this year. Nice. Uh, Wall Street turns 30. And Planes, Trains, and Automobiles turns 30. Oh, wow. So we've already done a show on that. So. Yeah. We've done and a show Wall on Wall Street. Yeah. yeah. The Running so, Man is deliciously subversive. Um Probably worth another look in today's media environment. I'm surprised that one hasn't been... Has it been redone? It's, someone redid it, didn't they? 
boy, if they haven't, you know, they're talking about it. Like that would be a, that would, I I could see that as a, um, you know, a Showtime or an HBO 10 episode series. Actually, that's really smart. That would be really, that that. could be really good. That could be really good. Yeah. That could be really good. That'll be right after they finish Westworld. Yeah. I'm still slogging my way through that. Um, I hear good things. uh, I haven't seen any of it. It's it's yeah it's good it's just it's so ridiculously dark and um oh yeah I don't like I don't like I've never liked westerns so and now it's now you've got a dark western so it's just like eh, I don't know so you like the darkness and you hate the western so, so. I, no I don't I like I don't like either I I live in darkness so when I turn oh, entertainment so I want something happy got it got it so hmm. so not even the Running Man would. That's not, might be too dark for me right now. Well, it's kind of cynical more than dark. I guess there is some darkness in that cynicism. So we've got some good candidates then for uh, movies to do a podcast on. Yeah, look for um, our three-parter of- on Can't Buy Me Love. <laughs> <laughs> Cools, nerds, your side, my side. Man, it's all bullshit. It's just tough enough to be yourself. Uh, what do you think about the music from 1987? You know, it's funny because when we started talking about doing the show, I was just thinking, I can't think of anything from 1987. There's just it was my mind was a complete blank. But then I started looking through, um, looking through the list, and it's a pretty good year. Yeah. Um, if you look through it, 1987. By then, new wave is not new anymore. Uh, but it's it's still kind of you know those those bands are turning out their second, third albums, and you're kind of deciding, yeah, okay, they're they've got they've got the legs to keep it going or they don't, but you're starting to see, um, the sunset strip bands start to take off the LA bands, uh, guns and roses, um, appetite for destructions out this year. Right. Uh, so that was, I mean, that, that's kind of a sea change in music and I think it's a good one. Um, when, you know, you needed something new in the, in the atmosphere there. Um, yeah. So you've got a couple number one albums from 1987 that are movie soundtracks, which I always think is a warning sign that the music industry is kind of losing its or the Yeah, I guess the music industry is losing its way a little bit. If, you know, basically collections of songs for a movie are driving album sales. I mean, Dirty Dancing, that was obviously a huge movie, one that I've never seen. Right. And it has a very popular soundtrack. And La Bamba was the other uh, movie soundtrack that was a number one selling album. It's interesting. I don't those are both, know anything uh, other than the one theme song off of it, right? Yeah, the if, if you, I, I had the La Bamba soundtrack. I remember that it had. Um, he's got it's it's Los Lobos does the um, right the songs the title but, track, but it's got some songs from the other bands that play in that movie because towards the end of the movie, uh, Richie Valens okay. goes on a, a tour like a barnstorming right. tour. Which yeah, is of course when he, when he dies. Spoiler alert! Right. And uh, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, a thirty-year-old movie about something that happened thirty years before that. Yeah, so it's it's a pretty good it's a pretty good soundtrack, and I I, I do remember owning that at the time. Um, Although when I think back, I know that the Stand by Me soundtrack was huge in the dorm that year. It was huge. Really? The, gr- the girls were playing it. I lived in a co-ed dorm, so um, the yeah, girls were playing the the Stand by Me soundtrack a lot. Uh, yeah, not, I know you hate it. I, uh, the only good thing about that movie is the final line. That's it. Yeah, it's a good moment. It's ruined <laughs> by the fact that he turns off the computer without saving his file. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? That's what we call paying. That's what we call paying too much attention. Um, yeah, other things that are going on in that in music that year. Bruce Springsteen had two uh, big albums in 1987, Live 1975 to 85, which came out towards the end of 86, uh, and Tunnel of Love, which was mainly uh, without the E Street Band. Right, right. And uh, Michael Jackson had Bad, which yeah. is, for some reason, an, an album we never name check. I don't know why. Yeah, you know, this, had Michael Jackson started to tip into the land of the very weird at this point? Because I don't uh, think I've ever even heard this all the way through. Like, it was, I, he was too popular. I, I'm pulling a Dr. Dim on him on this one. It was like, oh, that's too popular. <laughs> I can't I can't listen to that. <laughs> Which sounds ridiculous, but it's true. I don't think I I've ever heard it. that whole album. I never owned it. I, I, yeah. I owned, uh, the, I think the only Michael Jackson album I ever owned was Thriller. I didn't own anything oh, really? before. No off the wall. Oh, off the wall is so good. I know, but I just I don't I I can't explain my musical tastes. It's it's just that's okay. I'm I'm not asking you to defend it. (laughs) I just I just because it's indefensible. Well, you know, those those songs so ubiquitous. It just kind of yeah. You heard them all the time on radio anyway. Yeah, it just seeps in. Yeah. Um, The Joshua Tree uh, was from 1987. I don't think I have. Maybe I own Joshua Tree. I don't think so. Yeah, no I, didn't, I don't think I bought radio. that for a lot longer. Yeah. So there's a couple other notable albums. Uh, Steve, you just name checked the Joshua Tree, which I've already gone on the record several times as being one of my all time favorite albums. Debbie Gibson's Out of the Blue in the Fall. Yeah. So that's what, you know, what's kind of cool is that that means that kicks off sort of like that. Not cool, but um, it's cool for her. Debbie Gibson's. It's <laughs> really cool for her. And um, we'll see her soon enough on the 80s cruise in a couple weeks. But um, yeah. That sort of kicks off the whole, um, you know, Mall Queen movement. Yeah, yeah. Like it or hate it, that's just the way it was. Yeah, and whether you whether you like Debbie Gibson's music or not, I mean, she was doing, she was writing, she was producing, she was playing the instruments, she was singing. I mean, this is not a manufactured star. This is someone who actually had talent. Other big releases this year, NXS's Kick comes out towards the end of the year. I was yeah. kind of thinking 1987 that that's when I saw that tour, but I'm sure now that was in 88. I'm sure they weren't touring that that quickly. And uh, George Michael's big first solo album, Faith, was released October 30th. Yeah. God. And I was looking at the singles charts for uh, 87, and the number one song of the last chart of 1987 was Faith. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I, I know some of the albums I owned that year, um, REM's document, Boingo's, uh, Boingo album. And I think that's when I first oh, saw yeah. them in concert. I saw them on that tour in Jacksonville, Florida at the Florida theater. Uh, Richard that's Marks, got, um, his debut album was that year. So it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's an interesting year. It's a, it definitely, yeah. you don't see a lot of new wave. You see, well, I mean, you still have you still have yeah, YouTube, you got you still have REM, you have NXS, Pet Shop Boys, Depeche Mode had music for the masses came out that fall. Yeah, so I mean, it's uh, but so it's still there, knows, but it wasn't like no big uh, fix release in 1987. No. So still though, you know, some of these when we resume our like um, epic albums of 1987 series, which we haven't done in a while, we all pick an album that we love. Um, I'm sure we'll cover some of these. I know I, I yeah. definitely, I know Drew is going to want to pick Boingo and uh, I'll probably lean towards the replacements. Please to meet me, but stuff like that. So it was, you know, after, like I said, I, I couldn't initially really think of much. Uh, I think it was a pretty good year of music. There's a lot there for us to talk about. 
When it comes to television, though, and television isn't a topic that we talk about nearly enough on the podcast. Uh, We're going to address that this year. Yeah, yeah. You've got a you've got an ace up your sleeve about uh, television in the '80s, and so we will be covering more of this. I, last year was the first year that people started actually asking me, "How come you guys never talk about TV?" <laughs> My answer has always been, "I didn't watch a lot of TV." Um, yeah, because I was, you know, you're when you're in college. We didn't. Yeah, have I don't that. remember really watching TV in college. That's no. true. You you have time you, sports maybe on Saturday, yeah. but you did, you were busy and you didn't have. I don't think I had a television in my room. Oh, we I, must have because I remember watching uh, Letterman, but I mean that was about as early as I was ever going to be in my room to watch TV was yeah. then. Back then, you went down to the to the lounge, the dorm lounge, and they would have a TV there, and you would fight over what you were yeah. going to watch, but. You know, I think what Miami Vice was. I on. said Days of Our Lives. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, never, I never watched television, and that's the whole second half of the '80s. So, yeah, I didn't watch much either. I was busy. You know, it's probably no surprise that some of the biggest hits from 1987, according to our research, uh, the Cosby Show. Yeah, still uh, at the top of the yeah, still yeah. At the top of the list. Uh, son, your mother asked me to come up here and kill you. <laughs> hey. I know. You know what? What you gonna say? And it's under control. So, no, no problem. problem. Right. <laughs> How do you expect to get into college with grades like this? No problem. Huh? See, I'm not going to college. Damn right. <laughs> I am gonna get through high school and then get a job like regular people. Regular people? Yeah, you know, who work in the gas station, drive a bus, something like that. <laughs> So what you're saying is your your mother and I shouldn't care if you get D's because you don't need good grades to be regular people. Right. <laughs> okay. The spinoff of Cosby, uh, A Different World, began in uh, 87. And it was an immediate hit. Uh, Cheers, huge in 1987. Huge. Huge. And uh, The Golden Girls. You know, you really have to give Max and Sophia credit. This business was their dream, and they're going after it. I just wish I'd done that with my dream. Fine. Honey, would you check on the pizzas? One may be ready. Well, why don't you want to hear about my dream? Because it is always the same thing with you, Blanche. (laughs) Sex, sex, sex. I'm tired of hearing it. Maybe that's because you're not getting any, Dorothy. Still very popular. Can I I say this and and still be considered like an 80s expert. I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Golden Girls all the way through. I know I haven't. I mean, why, why would I watch that? Why? I, there's people who do. I mean, I, I know... Send me, a letter, send me a letter and tell me why I should watch this show. <laughs> Is it even... I guess you could probably catch it on Hulu now, maybe. Or maybe it's on... Uh, I'm sure it's in syndication somewhere. Netflix or something may, might have it. I just... You know, if you've got 500 channels, they, they need stuff to fill the air. I bet it's on yeah. Hallmark Channel or something. Maybe we were just the wrong age at that time. Yeah. You know, we're not going to yeah. watch. Why would we watch a movie about retired women? Some of the TV shows that got their debut in 1987, uh, Married with Children. Okay. Uh, so the Fox Network. Yeah, the Fox Network basically point. launches in 87. So you basically get Married with Children, Tracy Ullman, 21 Jump Street. Uh, God, I love 21 Jump Street. I actually did watch 21 Jump Street now that I think about it. So I, I was watching some song. TV. <laughs> <laughs> the, that's about all I remember from it. You were, you were just in it for Johnny Depp, I know. Ah, uh, the uh, Full House started in uh, 1987. And okay. uh, 
one of my all-time favorites, Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, would start in 1987. Okay. Yeah, that was not on a network, was it? No, that it was, was syndicated. A, that launched as a syndicated program. Yeah, yeah. You, were it's you a, a fan? Bold move. Did you watch it? You know what? I'm an original series fan. I watched a little bit of the new one, and I, I was like, okay, yeah, this isn't bad, but it never really grabbed me. It's amazing, because I guess on BBC America now, um, they show both the original series and Next Generation. And if you watch them like back-to-back, like an, an original <laughs> series and then a Next Generation, it's like cultural whiplash. I'm sure it's very jarring, yeah. It's very jarring. You, you forget how... Um, I mean, Spock is like, you know... He's There's not, not a lot of nuance in the original no, no, series. No, nuance whatsoever. It's like over-the-top acting. Yeah. And then, and then suddenly but now... Steve, I'm black on the left side, and he's black <laughs> on the right side. Like, oh, yeah, okay, hit me over the head with a hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Next Generation is all like... By comparison, it's almost sterile. In yeah. It's uh, passion. A lot of TV shows uh, called it quits in uh, 87. Okay. Uh, Love Boat... Man, I loved that show. You know, I it's funny because Katie just mentioned that show the other day as an 80s show. I'm like, no, that's not. That's a 70s show. And well, she's started. like, op- opens up the internet. It's like, nope, it's on the air until 1987. I'm like, really? Who was watching it? Yeah, nobody. I mean, I loved it. I used to watch it every, I mean, I think the family watched it on Saturday nights. And I would sit and roll my newspapers to deliver on Sunday morning. So and Then it would always be followed up by Fantasy Island. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that was like two hours of solid entertainment. Lots of guest actors. Man, I'm telling you. The A-Team uh, called it quits in 87. Silver Spoons. Oh, gosh. And, and Hill Street Blues. Oh, okay. So. Oh, man. So, yeah, there was some interesting... It was an interesting year for television. You know what we'll never call it quits on? The, the Seggies. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for Mystery Movie Moment. We will play a snippet of a movie from the 80s. If you get it right, you're entered into the drawing for a bottle opener. Or maybe maybe a bottle koozie. Our supply of bottle koozies just arrived. Oh, it, nice. It's pretty sharp. I think about yeah. it. Um, are we all caught up sending sending out the bottle openers? Um, that, boy, somebody sure is nice off. outside today, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to catch up. Actually, I still need to send the one to Steve in Scotland. Oh, my gosh. The outlaw Steve McLean. Just need to get to the post office. I, I, you know, there's no way I was going anywhere near the post office in the month of December if I didn't have to. And you know, Steve wasn't screaming for it. So, I, I live near the most. The, my my post office here in Orlando, the for my zip code is like the world's most depressing post oh, office. Man. It's just like it looks like it's straight out of like 1954. It looks like it hasn't been cleaned since 1967. And it's just – there's always just one person working behind the counter and there's 20 people yeah. in line, you know, none of whom know what they're doing. So there's one person behind the counter who's retiring tomorrow and doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. I hate I hate going to the post office. Uh, anyway, pay attention. Here's the clip from, from our last show. What's so awful about it? It's so awful. There's no way to even begin to explain what's so awful about it. Yeah, it's when Harry met Sally. Should have been a dead giveaway that because it was right before uh, New Year's. Yes, but not a lot of people got it though. Either my theory is not a lot of people listened to that episode. But I could be wrong. Uh, so well, just keep downloading it. Get those numbers up. Yeah, remember download twice, listen once. <laughs> who who were some of the winners? Winners this week include Brock in North Dakota, Becky in San Francisco, Base Note, Jesse Elgato Grande Smith, and Amy in San Francisco. 
Wow, base note. We haven't heard from him in a while. That's great. Yeah. Go Cubs. Um, <laughs> maybe that's why we haven't heard from him. He has, he's, uh, he's still recovering. He's a post-World Series stupor. Yeah. Oh, my God. Did I ever tell you this story about, like, so I'm, I'm a huge Cubs fan going way back to, you know, growing up in Florida, you don't have, we didn't have baseball teams here. Yeah, you didn't here. have a team then. You yeah. had spring training, you know, and maybe you followed the team oh, that was yeah, in your okay. town. Sure, but I lived in Clearwater, and there were some. So the Phillies trained there, and the the Reds were nearby, and so were the Blue Jays and stuff like okay. that. So you just didn't. I, I, so what I would do is, I, when the season came around, you'd watch. You had a choice of watching either uh, Braves or Cubs because they were on yeah. the only cable. Yeah, that was the, yeah, those were the years of WTBS and WGN yeah. having national coverage. So suddenly, the Atlanta Braves had fans in you know Kansas yeah. and. By All the way, the do you know? Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what WGN stands for? Uh, no, I don't. World's greatest newspaper. Because it's so a, they it backronymed by- the TV. They backronymed yep. the TV call sign, they or they the, must have requested the that Tribune. call sign. Well, I don't know. But the Chicago Tribune owned WGN at that time. So anyway, interesting. I did not so know that. When uh, the Cubs won the World Series this year, I, I stayed up and I watched it, and you know, it went into extra innings, and there was a rain delay. Yeah, it was crazy. And I'm like, I'm not going to drink at all because the last thing I want is to like jinx it, you know? And so finally they win and I just go, you know, ah, you know, like I stayed up like three hours watching all the celebration coverage and, you know, right. Having a wild turkey. And, yeah. a wild turkey or two, or maybe I had a wild turkey for every win that, that it took the Cubs for the whole season. <laughs> well, at least postseason, regular and, season, um, postseason and next year. I remember rolling into bed like around three, three thirty, and I wake up the next day and I'm like, "That's it, calling in sick." And uh, <laughs> look at my phone, and I realize there's a three hour planning meeting that day, starting at nine o'clock. Oh that I, no! That I cannot miss. Well, you need and so to be I remember for, yeah. sitting through that that planning meeting. Like, I've got like two gigantic Gatorades in me, keeping me alive yeah. at that point. And uh, Steve, why are you wearing sunglasses? Turn down the lights. <laughs> The lights. Why is everyone talking so loud? Stop shouting. <laughs> anyway, I don't imagine Base Note had the same night I did, but uh, I'd like to think one never did. knows. Let us know, Base Note. Let us know. Yeah. In the meantime, pay attention. Here's uh, this week's mystery clip. Well, you better not be trying any funny business out there, rump pot. You watch your mouth, mister. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com. That's sit80s.com. And tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. Ah, by the mystical sound, it must be time for Name That 80s Tune. Um, You know the drill by now. We'll play a snippet of a song from the 80s. And wait a minute. If you know the drill by now, why am I explaining it? (laughs) Because that's part of the drill. Because I'm I'm a creature of habit. Stopping right now, though. Going to keep people on their toes. Pay attention. Here's the clip from the last show. That's Lay Your Hands on Me by Thompson Twins. I see your face and sense the grace and feel the magic of your touch. Not the Thompson Twins. Yeah, somebody, somebody, I can't remember who it was. <laughs> anybody who says the Thompson Twins should not win. Okay. You know, you for know. the record, I don't think anybody did say the Thompson Twins. So, I don't know. 
obviously 80s nation is on the ball um they got their shit together <laughs> unlike us uh, <laughs> oh my gosh so read some of the winners winners this week include sean fitzgerald canuck and cali aaron s and burnaby british columbia coop in la sweet lou grilly kelly e in huntsville donnie gettle rhymes with kettle Curtis in Georgia, Stewart in Fort Smith, Arkansas, Joseph Purdue, Dan in Omaha, Alejandro Cardoso Solis, and Charles in Vegas. Uh, let's spin the wheel and see who gets the bottle opener. And looks like it's going to land on Kelly E. in Huntsville. Excellent. Nice. Kelly, email us your uh, mailing address and we will send you a bottle opener. Uh, in the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. If you know it, again, email us, podcast at sit80s.com, and tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. We'll be right back after this commercial break. I drink Dr. Pepper, don't you see? Because it's the perfect taste for me. That original taste, you know. Us peppers are an interesting breed. An original taste is what we need. Ask any pepper and he'll say. Only Dr. Pepper tastes that way. There's carrion peppers, marion peppers, diet peppers, quiet peppers. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? They're saluting peppers, tooting peppers. Hey, I'm the pepper man. Would you like to be a pepper too? Be a pepper, drink Dr. Pepper. Aye, aye. Be a pepper, drink Dr. Pepper. Yes, sir. Be a pepper, drink. Hey, Stuck in 80s Nation. Uh, have you ever read the book I Want My MTV by Craig Marks and Rob Tannenbaum? You can actually listen to the entire book for free. If you sign up for a 30-day free trial on audible.com, just go to www.audibletrial.com slash stuck in the 80s. That's 80s. Uh, now, audible.com, you might be asking yourself, what's this all about? Um, they are a sponsor of Stuck in the 80s, and for good reason. They're the ultimate source for audio versions of so many great books from and about the decade we love so much. Uh, Bright Lights, Big City, Less Than Zero, Bonfire the Vanities, they're all there. All you 80s Nation fans out there who listen to our podcast on long commutes, uh, plane rides, subway trips, this is perfect for you. All you have to do, again, go to www.audibletrial.com slash stuck in the 80s and get started. Now on with the show. And we're back. We've got a few minutes left. Um, time to do our first What's Our 80s Obsession of 2017. Brad, what have you been obsessing about? I have been obsessing about uh, the new Thomas Dolby uh, memoir that was out kind of late last year. Uh, the Speed of Sound, Breaking the Barriers Between Music and Technology. Uh, nice. I am a, almost finished with it. I think everybody kind of knows the basic outline of Thomas Dolby's career, you know, nerdy musician who plays synthesizers and hires people to yell science. science then somehow made a bunch of money in dot com 
with something related to ringtones, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People kind of know that. But it, it's interesting. I mean, it's not a it's a fairly workmanlike tale. He just kind of describes what's happening. Um, there are some interesting little asides, like his friendship with Michael Jackson comes up a couple times. Uh, some of the guest appearance work he does on other people's albums talked about. You know, he's on um, one of Foreigner's big hits. Um, so that that stuff is interesting, and I, I kept waiting for the ringtone thing to happen as he went into the dot com part of it. So he uh-huh. really made this <clears throat> interesting bridge from his music life. Gets married. I didn't realize he lived in L.A. Was in L.A. having a family, and then they start. He starts this company up in San Francisco, and. It's not happening. It's not happening. And I'm like, maybe I made that up. Maybe he didn't really make a bunch of money on ringtones. And then like in the last, like I'm literally, I'm in the last 25 pages of the book. He gets to the point where, and all of our software is in every Nokia handset that's shipping. And you're like, okay, it, that did happen. I didn't make that up. <laughs> but it's it's a fun read. It's not going to, there's nothing too salacious in there, uh, you know, but it's an interesting look at, uh, you know, kind of the other side of the music business, trying to uh, be an artist and, and survive in the, you know, as the business kind of turned from the radio driven, you know, A&R man going out and get, making sure you're on different radio stations playlists to what it is today. Yeah. I wish he would tour more. Um, yeah. He doesn't have to, though. <laughs> I, know, I know, but it's like, I, I don't care if you have to. I just, I saw him once, um, like 10 years ago, I think. He was touring. Uh, yeah, you interviewed him, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. It was right when I was just starting to, to like barely become a halfway decent interviewer. And so I wish I could. I would love to redo that interview. But I saw him. He was opening for somebody else who I'd never oh, heard gosh. of. And I, I took off as soon as the, as soon as Dolby's set was done. But uh, he ended up making it. I think he turned it into a concert DVD because it was he was a solo. It was just him on stage. And he had like a GoPro on his head. That was projecting oh. onto the screen behind him, so you could see what he okay, was. Okay, so you could see his view. Yeah, nice. it, was, it was pretty. It was a really fun. I think it's called the Soul Inhabitant was the name of the tour or something like that. Okay. Or he did some podcasts. You can find it out there on on YouTube, but it's worth uh, it's worth checking out. And I, if he ever toured again, I would I would make an effort to to see him. And well, you know what he's doing now. He's a professor, isn't he? At, uh, yeah, he's uh, teaching at Johns Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean. He probably has the most interesting life of eighty. Well, it is. It really is interesting. And you I kind mean, of think, wow, he just kind of jumped from lily pad to lily pad and yeah. made it work. You know, I really the I Frogger really, model. Yeah, I really envy the guy. So, what's my eighties obsession? Uh, this is shameful. Lately, I've been kind of obsessed with discovering forgotten sequels to movies that we really loved. Okay, uh, one of them was Meatballs Three. Roxy, your timing is impeccable. Need any help? Do I look like I need any help? Well, kid, I guess this is it. Next time you see me, if you see me, I'll be up among the stars. And uh, I know you and I talked about this one day. There's a Meatballs 3? There's a Meatballs 3. That was my reaction. (laughs) Yeah, it's Patrick Dempsey. Oh, uh, I do remember this. Yeah, because I, I I found it on YouTube and started kind of skimming through it. Like it's this got, is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It is the dumbest movie. I, I, I don't understand how some how something like this got made. It's got um, so much cocaine. There's so much cocaine involved <laughs> in this getting made. Patrick Dempsey's in it. God, uh, who else? Sally Kellerman's Hot in Rips it. Hulahan. Uh Shannon Tweed. So you know. So obviously it was rated R. But, um, ow, 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 ow. 
<laughs> so anyway, I, I started reading about that. Now I'm now I'm obsessed with. I, I, there's no way I'm going to spend money to see it, but but if I could find like a streaming version of it somewhere, I, I would just kind of be curious to see how much of it I can yeah. get through. Patrick um, Dempsey looks like he's 12. I mean, <laughs> yeah. He's wearing glasses and the whole nine yards. I mean, I guess that's why he, uh, you know, he bulked up a little for Can't Buy Me Love. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is, and I discovered this last night, uh, and, and like to pull the curtains back a little bit, I, I started texting you last night, like at one thirty in the morning, and it shocked you. I know that, right? Yeah, because I'm like, what are you doing up? Yeah, I'm never up at one thirty in the morning, but I, but I was up and I couldn't sleep, and so I'm. Um, I'm going through the Revenge of the Nerds Part 4. Was that the one with the wedding? Yeah, Booger's Wedding. I love Booger, and I'm going to marry him no matter what you think. Genie, Sweetheart, you're overreacting. What did you say to her? Nothing, nothing. We just had a little conversation, that's all. Can't we all just get along? She comes home with a guy who looks like he came out of a vending machine, and I'm the one who's wrong. Why do I know that? Ugh. I made so I, I turned it on. I'm like, okay, I gotta watch this, and I made it like ten minutes. <laughs> That's it. Wow, it was so ridiculously awful. Is that you know, a, is, was that even done in the eighties? No, no. Tell, this is like tell me that's direct to video, please. It, it had to be because the the way the screen looked, it was still it it wasn't. Um, it was obviously framing it from a television standpoint. So, um, yeah. But anyway, still, even then, I can't believe, you know, these actors, you know, sullied themselves with something like that. So, anyway, so I, for some reason, I'm on like this kick of like discovering these horribly rotten sequels. Like fourth generation yeah. mimeographed copy of a movie. <laughs> right. It's just a matter of time before I go back and watch all the Police Academy movies again. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Booger, uh, Curtis Armstrong is one of the few uh, celebrities that I've ever really bumped into. It was when I was working at Disney. Um, he was there reading for something, uh, one of the Disney Channel original movies or series. And uh, I walked around the corner with one of my coworkers, and he was sitting there. And we both just like, I may have told this story. We both made eye contact like, not now, keep going. And we turned the corner and walked into a conference room, closed the door. I'm like, that was Booger! <laughs> We were, both, we were both freaking out. We're like, do we go back? I'm like, no, no, he's here. He's working. Come on. You can't. Don't don't get in his face. He's trying to get a job. Yeah. But, but I mean, I literally, he was like a foot and a half away from me. You know, so. yeah. Bizarre. Brushes with greatness or yeah. brushes with adequacy. I don't know. You've been you've probably been around more movie stars than I have been. Well, the count is, is pretty low for someone who lives in L.A. But as it turns out, they're not all just loitering in the produce section. Yeah. I think the only one I've ever hung out with is... Um, Molly Ringwald. That's it. I have one. That's, that's pretty good. I've interviewed that's them on the phone. Good. I've interviewed a few, but, but I've, I've never yeah. actually you know hung out with any of them or even seen them in person. But she and I had a short talk one day. Um, anyway, that's all we got. That's what you have to look forward to for 2017. Some of these uh, topics will make it into complete shows. Other topics that we mentioned, you'll never hear us mention again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at two or three minutes, baby. Hey, a different world. No love. Yeah, Dirty Dancing. This if 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 Dirty Dancing is going to make it to a podcast, it's going to be this year. You might You're going to just do that to spite me. I know it's okay. You know, uh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> just depends. <laughs> we're gonna have we're gonna have like a mystery podcast session where we're just not going to tell Brad what the show's going to be until he shows up. I still think we need to do the uh, podcast retreat where we go to like a, a cabin for a week and just do like. 
10 shows. 10 shows? Jesus. Oh my God, we yeah, one in the morning, one in the night. Days. <laughs> well, think, think, of what, think of how good the radio would be, though. Yeah, it would be. It would be, be fun to do some of them live anyway. Anyways, stay tuned. We'll have much more for you in 2017. In the meantime, Brad, myself, and three men and a little baby, we remain here hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Do, 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 do. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Do, 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 do. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Do, 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 do. I hate to leave you, but I really must say good night, sweetheart. Good night. Well, it's three o'clock in the morning, baby. I just can't treat you right. Stuck in the 80s is a class of 85 production. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And remember, this is only an exhibition, not a competition. Please, no wagering. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you, but I really must say. Good night, sweetheart. Good night.